When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora, an Odyssey Sports original. Welcome to the week eight edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We come to you as always, courtesy of our good friends at Odyssey, and we thank you as always for tuning in. I'm Jason LaConfora at Jason LaConfora. I have the distinguished honor and pleasure to be joined by my buddy Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL to talk to you guys about all that's going on in the NFL and what has captured Baldy's imagination as we head now towards the midpoint of the NFL season. And and we're going to definitely be talking uh, some about from last week, the Bengals Ravens shellacking, the beatdown that the Titans put on uh, the Kansas City Chiefs will we'll get you caught up on Baldy's thoughts on the Colts and the 49ers as well. And then some key games coming up this weekend, starting with the Thursday night matchup between Arizona and Green Bay. We'll certainly be talking about Tampa and New Orleans, Minnesota and Dallas and the divisional matchup between the Browns and the Steelers. Um, but Baldy, as we, when we last chatted, you were figuring out where you were going to get your crab cakes and yep. making sure that you had, uh, a, a nice perch there from the beautiful, uh, sight lines of M&T bank stadium to call the Bengals and the Ravens. And it was a game for about 35 minutes. And then one team pretty much ran over the other. Well, you know, I got there early to the game, Jason. It was obviously, you know, a big game. And uh, the Ravens coming off a five-game win streak. And, you know, are the Bengals for real? And, you know, can they make a statement? All this. So I, I went down the field early, and Joe Burrow was warming up. And he was just making one throw after another. He's just watching him just throw a football, Jason. Just, the, you know, just the basics. And you yep. go, he, he can really throw a football. I mean, I, I, I don't care. Uh, if it's against air, if it's uh, three hours before kickoff, he was impressive. And then I saw Jamar Chase down, just sitting on the bench. He was kind of just minding his own business, just sitting there. So I, I grabbed him, talked to him for a little while. And one thing you realize about both those kids is they expect to not just be good, they expect to be great. And nothing about this league and nothing about uh, going on the road the Ravens division, nothing's too big for any of them. I yeah. mean, they, they fully expect to not just to compete, but to win. And that mindset has completely permeated throughout the whole Bengal organization to the head coach, to the, the way the glue that the way that team is held together. And, you know, you said 35 minutes a game, it was a game, it was 2017. And, and then on a third and two, that Joe Burrow hit Jamar Chase against Marlon Humphrey on, uh-huh. on a quick slant. 82 and yards. He went 82 yards and broke four tackles along the way. And he just said, we just haven't seen really a quarterback-receiver combination quite like this, this early. Now, there's 
Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, they've spent years developing right. that. And, you know, you could say, okay, Dak right now with C.D. Lamb or Amari is, is really good, and it is. But I don't know that we've seen a young duo come into the league, a number one pick and a number five pick right. come into the league and really establish what they're doing right now every single week. No, it is it is truly special. Um, I thought the Bengals' game plan on both sides of the ball and their halftime adjustments were pretty legitimate, Baldy. That double A-gap blitz yeah. of Wink Martindale's that was killing them on third down in the first half. Uh, they started beating the blitz in the second half. And defensively, we know the Bengals, unlike the Ravens, don't dial it up that much. Nope. But, boy, they had that sequence um, after the interception from Burrow, the one real mistake he made, where the ensuing drive was pretty much derailed by a holding penalty on Villanueva, right? And then and then they dialed up the blitz two or three straight times, and Lamar's throwing the ball five yards short of the receiver because he's got no time to do anything. He had a lot of misses. He had a lot of misses, and, um, you know, they couldn't get the big play against Cincinnati. And if you look at the way Cincinnati's built right now and what they've added, uh, they've got a legitimate defensive front. Oh, yeah. Ogan Joby, you know, along with DJ Reader to really plug the middle. Um, they've got two really good ends in Trey Hendrickson and Sam mm-hmm. Hubbard. And they got, a, a you know, a really stud middle linebacker in Logan Wilson. And then you look at the additions of, of Cheeto, uh, on on the outside and how he could cover. And he, he played really well. Yes. Mike Hilton in the slot. You know, I mean, they, you know, and then and Bates and, and Von Bell are just really solid in safety. I mean, they they really don't have a weakness on the defense right now. And it showed. And it's it's a complete team. And that was a, you know, I mean, John, you know, you know just driving home and just listen to, you know, Coach Harbaugh. Yeah. You know, you know Harbaugh's not going to take that well, you know, uh-uh. what, what happened to him. He saw it. And, uh, and so, you know, the, the division right now uh, is really it's, – it's anybody's division. I mean, Cincinnati leads it after seven games. doesn't mean anything right now. Uh, there's a ton of important games to come up. But, you know, Cincinnati basically said, we can go win this division this year. We don't have to take a backseat to anybody. In some ways, I was just thinking about this. They kind of they remind me a little bit – I mean, it's premature, but it kind of remind me of the 99 Rams. Ooh. And nobody had them, nobody saw them doing anything. And there was a young Kurt Warner and, you know, they, they had some players, but nobody saw them making sure. a run, No, you know, but you, you could see the Cincinnati team making a run. You, you it's, it, it's all there because offensively, if they need a play, they got a guy they could go get a play to, you know, and then, you know, it's watch CJ Uzama yes. you know, and how he's emerged and, Forget about, you know, T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd. They didn't have to have big games. The way Ozama finished, you know, plays in the paint and what Chase did. And, you know, I think everybody respects Joe Mixon as a player. So they have everything it takes right now. Well, let's stay in that division. Um, We want to talk about this uh, Steelers-Browns game coming up. But scale of 1 to 10. How concerned should the Baltimore Ravens be about their defense, Baldy? Because outside of the Chargers game, they've been pretty much uh, getting abused. I mean, you had Wentz throw for 400 yards against them. They've given up the third most passing yards in the league. They're overall the 24th ranked defense in Baldy. 
They've almost given up 1,200 yards a yak already. They, they've given up way more yak than any other team in the NFL, and that secondary is supposed to be the strength of the team. Yeah, well, uh, I thought Anthony Averett played real well yes. against T. Higgins. Yes. I, yes. I thought he he was outstanding. Uh, but, you know, I and just, you know, I was talking to Rob Ryan before the game, and, um, you know, they, they really rely on pressure, um, you know, in their pressure packages to really get off the field. And that's that's good. That's good when it works. Right. And then when it doesn't work, you're going, why are you doing that? You know, I mean, you see some teams that can just rush four and they can get pressure and they can play. You know, it, it's a good changeup, Jason, but it's not. I don't think you can live and die by it. Because if you pick it up, you really, like Azama's touchdowns, you know, he's one-on-one in the middle of the field and, you know, you miss a tackle like Marlon Humphrey did or whatever. And right, you, there's you know, no help. Next thing you know. You're in the end zone. Yeah. And so it's it's a dangerous game to play. It, it it looks great when you can get your free hitters home and you get quick pressure and you know that that's good. But you, you kind of hope that it's just a changeup, that you don't have to live and rely on it every single third down because it's gonna lead to a lot of big plays that you surrender, and that's what's happening to them. Well, as I mentioned, there's a divisional matchup. This week, the Ravens on the bye. The Bengals, uh, I believe, have the Jets. And then we've got the Steelers coming off their bye uh, with consecutive wins over Seattle and Denver. I don't know how much stock you put in that, Baldy. And they face a Browns team that I think has weathered the storm from an injury standpoint. We'll see about Baker Mayfield. It's too early in the week to say. I would not be shocked if they gave him another week on the sidelines and started Case Keenum. But Nick Chubb's on his way back. They've gotten healthier to tackle position. Um, Outside of JOK, they're starting to get a little healthier on defense, too. Um, What are some of your keys to this matchup? And and, and do we need to see Pittsburgh do it against, uh, you know, a a, a defense that has a little more to offer than maybe where Seattle is right now? You you do. I mean, the last time, you know, Pittsburgh saw Cleveland was in the playoffs, and it was ugly. Yeah. You know, and uh, it was probably as bad a, you know, it's one of those playoff losses that you almost wish you didn't make the playoffs. I mean, it sounds, sure. it sounds backwards to say it, but it was so, it was so devastating, uh, you know, just their lack of execution and, and everything, you know, fumbles and the stuff that just happened to them. But, but, you know, that's the last time they saw Cleveland. And so, you know, Cleveland made a statement against Denver. They got Dearness Johnson back there and, you know, he looked like Nick Chubb. Yes. And it just, there's something about, the ability to coach a team that you can just just be keep your identity without Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and you just go to that next guy. Everybody says it's next guy up, you know, and that's it's cliche in a lot of places. And then some places they just do it, you know. And so that was impressive what Cleveland did against Denver. Denver is not a, a, an also ran defense, and to see Dearness Johnson do that. I, you could just see, you know, Stump Mitchell's the running back coach, and you could just see that whole group. Nick Chubb was on the sideline against Denver, and there's a great deal of pride in how they run the ball. And we, I guess we got to wait and see just, you know, can Baker play with this injury of his? Yeah. I, I don't know that he can. I, I think you play other positions. I, every time he gets, <clears throat> gets hit to the ground the way J.J. Watt hit him, the week before that, and that shoulder pops out, you go, how long can you go? 
So that's a concern. But I think really the answer, you know, the question is really is is Pittsburgh's offense can they can Ben really play at a high level? Right. You know, I mean, I know he can throw a go ball, you know, right. to Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool, and you could hit a couple of those like they have. But you can't. That's not. That can't be your offense. It's not sustainable. Yeah, it's not sustainable. So, you know, that's that's really the question right now is because they're they're going to keep trying to run Dot Najee Harris and he's going to get his twenty or twenty five carries. Does he get fifty yards or can he get one hundred and ten yards? I don't know that he could do that against Cleveland. So it's a big statement game for both teams. Can Cleveland just continue? to kind of weather a lot of these injuries that they've had at tackles and running backs and quarterback and, you know, throughout the defense, can they continue to weather it the way I've just described? And, you know, can Pittsburgh rise up? And, you know, Mike Tomlin made a big statement this week about, you know, oh, yeah. some some coaching offers. Never that, say never, but never. Great, yeah. great, great quote. <laughs> yeah, it was a great quote. Um, you know, that's what you would expect from any coach where the rumors are pretty strong. Uh, and they're not just out of thin air. They're from a guy that is pretty, pretty dialed in. So, but I, I think this is a, a big, big, big game for Pittsburgh. Almost more for Pittsburgh than Cleveland. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got to can they can they put keep this streak together right now? And can this offense really function with a bunch of young kids up front of the offense line? And really, it's about Ben. You know, can he be a playoff quarterback again? And this is a in some ways, it's a playoff game for him in the middle of the season. Yeah, I I agree completely. I agree completely. And 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 um, we mentioned last week Bengals Ravens a big AFC game. Um, the schedule wasn't let, let's face it overflowing with um, matchups between teams that we think will potentially be there in the end. But there was another one in the AFC, Titans and Chiefs. Talk about one-way traffic, Baldy. I mean, this game was over really in the second quarter. I mean, it yeah. was, it was a monumental. Well, it's twenty-seven nothing, Jason. Yeah, yeah. twenty-seven nothing in the second quarter, and uh, it was, you know, and this was a twenty-seven nothing game, and they were down twenty-four nothing to the Titans in a playoff game, and they came roaring back and and they just rolled them. But you never got the feeling like anything uh-uh. like that was going to happen. In this no game. pulse, no heartbeat. So you go, okay, so, you know, Tennessee, they beat Buffalo and Kansas City in the same week. I mean, that's an impressive yeah. back-to-back that you don't see in this business. And you go, you know, so we, I was on this uh, Twitter podcast thing that's out there right now last night, and people were saying, okay, if, if, it, if you take the quarterbacks out of the equation, who's the best player in the league? And I go, it's Derrick Henry. And because Derrick Henry, everything that happened in those six days between Buffalo and Kansas City was geared to stop Derrick Henry. Yes. And, you know, so, you know, they, they put in a Tim Tebow jump pass. And, you know, he gets in a wildcat situation, takes a couple steps to the line of scrimmage, the entire Chiefs defense collapses. And he jumps and throws the ball to Michael Pruitt or, or Ryan Tannehill fakes it to him and bootlegs and walks into the end zone. I mean, he's the focal point of every single thing on Tennessee's offense, and they they can't stop him or they can't stop the offense right now when they try to stop him. And so, and then you look at him defensively and what they did to the Chiefs, they didn't blitz at all. I mean, they, they rushed four, and Bud Dupree and Danico Autry and Harold Landry and Jeffrey Simmons 
I mean, they got to Patrick Mahomes. I mm-hmm. I never saw Patrick Mahomes under duress like that, even in the Super Bowl game. I don't know that he was under duress the way he was on Sunday. And you go, is the offense line any better than uh-uh. it was Super Bowl Sunday right now? Uh-uh. It's a big deal because they can't get the ball down the field. They can't get those one big chunk plays anymore. And, you know, what Tennessee did was they rushed forward, they played zone, and they took Dane Krushank and they put him on Travis Kelsey and they didn't let him off the line of scrimmage, and the offense just was non-existent. Well, and and you're now at a point, Baldy, where Mahomes has 16 uh, interceptions in his last 16 games, and he's leading the NFL, tied for the league lead with rookie Zach Wilson with nine this year. Uh, He's taking some big hits, as you mentioned, and he got knocked out of this game. It ended up, they said, not a concussion, but, boy, that was an an ugly-looking hit. Um, they can't play a lick of defense. They don't run the ball. I mean, I guess Andy Reid and Mahomes is enough to get you in the dance if they keep Mahomes upright. But Baldy, I, I, it's hard for me to look at this team the way we have in the past as one that can do damage in January, especially in this conference where there's so many good offenses. I, the mar- to me, the margins are super slim for this team right now. I agree, and you know they they they're two and three in their last five games and they beat the Eagles in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they've lost a turnover battle in each of those five games. So, you know, in this league, there's nothing that's more telling stat than turnover margin. And you, you keep saying, well, if they, if they don't turn the ball over, but it's not about, it's not even about that anymore. The turnovers I feel like are just going to keep happening because of the pressure the quarterback is under. I mean, to throw, so, you know, his interception was a throw to, uh, you know, to Josh Gordon, and you you wonder like, is, is Josh Gordon really going to help this football? Right, team? right. But but that's where they're at. They need some option when Tyreek Hill is sort of invisible, and they take Travis Kelsey out of the game. Where are they going? McCall Hardman hasn't been that guy, and Demarcus Robinson is just a guy, a Byron Pringle. They need a guy to step up the way Sammy Watkins often often did, and they're just looking for somebody. And, you know, Mahomes just kind of makes a throw into traffic and balls tip. Well, tip balls get intercepted in this league. A lot of those interceptions have been off tips. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're really in trouble right now because they really address the offensive line. Joe Tooney doesn't look like an all-pro left guard. Zeus has really struggled in this yeah. offense. Mike Remmers is exactly what he is. He's a backup offensive tackle starting at right tackle. And the right guard, I love Trey Smith. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but he, you know, he's not. He hasn't played a lot of football, uh, and it shows in the passing game. I mean, he's getting beat on protections and stuff right now. So, I think you know this this rebuilt offensive line um, has not really come together yet the way that they kind of hoped that it would. And Mahomes is running for his life, and sometimes too soon, but. If he doesn't trust the protection, he's going to do what he right. that has been doing. It's not that's not going to change. Well, the Titans get a chance to make another statement yeah. this week. A big divisional game against a Colts team that you and I both thought were better than their record. Some bad luck there, catching some teams at the wrong time, dealing with some injuries. Uh, but but they th- this this one and these are two physical football teams here in Tennessee and Indianapolis. Uh, they both want to run the ball. We saw the return of Quentin Nelson. Carson Wentz, I, I think, is playing some of his best football 
under Frank Reich since probably Frank Reich was in Philadelphia working with him. Uh, Quentin Nelson comes back. Uh, I think this could be a hell of a football game here. I do too. And, you know, the one thing, Carson, well, first of all, if you even go back to the, you know, Baltimore's comeback against Indy, uh, you know, they they played real well in that game. And, and then they, uh, Baltimore had a Lamar Jackson moment. And yeah. uh, they lost the game. But they have offensively, they're, they're putting up good points. And the one thing that Carson has always done, and one of the reasons why he's not in Philly, because the offense said, well, that's not how we're going to play, is he, he loves the deep ball. And he's got a big, strong arm. And, you know, the throws to Pittman were mm-hmm. either, you know, got caught or they were defensive pass interference penalties. And if you're not taking your deep shots on offense right now, you're not playing by NFL rules. Uh, you you have to take your shots. You have to figure out when to do it, how to do it. But you have to do it. And you're either going to you're either going to get big plays or you're going to get the pass interference calls. And that's what happened the other night. Uh, to San Francisco, and they lost because of that. They they could not play the deep ball well. Um, Michael Pittman is made for it with his size, and so they've always been a tight end based offense. You saw Mo Ali Cox catch a touchdown. Yes, and Jonathan Taylor is is a really good back, and they ride him. And so this is going to be a good, this would be a good football game. Um, Tennessee knows they they know how Indianapolis or. Indianapolis knows how Tennessee's built. Um, they've had their problems trying to stop Derrick Henry. They'll have their problems again, you know, dealing with it. But uh, this Quiddy Pay is really coming on, this number one pick. And uh-huh. he looks like he's the real deal. And, uh, you know, I think this this is like basically – I know the Colts are kind of hanging in the shadows there. But if they yeah. find a way to win this game, I mean, they're right back in the division race right now. And so it's it's – you could be at four and four after eight games and um, you beat Tennessee and you ride a three game win streak and you're playing good football. Uh, they could turn their whole season around right now. How, how big of a challenge is it for a team like the Colts who are going to be sitting normally in a lot of cover two, cover three, right? But you can't, you, can you, you can't really do that against Derrick Henry in this running attack. Can you? And then Merrick, that's the chess match. And then, if you creep down, this guy will kill you in play action and he'll throw the deep ball to AJ and they're a little beat up in the secondary. Like, how does this calculus work for Matt Eberflus? Well, I think you have to you have to mix it up a little bit. You got to take your chances that Darius Leonard and Okariki and some of these linebackers, you know, when they get to Derrick Henry, they can tackle. Uh, he's a difficult guy to tackle because of his size. But you have to get him before he gets going. Um, if he gets going, he's, he's going to rip off these long runs. Now, last week, Kansas City did a decent job of not letting him get going. Now, it, you know, they paid the price in other ways, um, you know, with what A.J. Brown did. And so that's that's really the conundrum. And you have to account for Ryan Tannehill as a great athlete and a runner. And so there's, there's three phases to this offense. It's getting Derrick Henry before he gets you. It's not allowing Ryan Tannehill to escape and use his considerable athletic ability to extend plays or run. And then you've got to stop these receivers, uh, you know, in the middle of the field in in your zone coverage. And so it's, it's, you know, it's a trifecta that you have to deal with. What, What you have to hope for, honestly, Jason, is just to get stops. 
Mm-hmm. You just have to get stops, you know, whether it's, you know, it's third, get them into third and 13 and stop them, get them to third and one and find a way to, you know, to, to not let them get the first downs, force field goals, that kind of, that kind of a game. Yeah, that, that's going to be a, that's going to be a heck of a football game to, to check out. Um, Baldy, we'll, we'll take a look at another key divisional matchup here. Uh, Tampa is flying high. I mean, they just look like doesn't really matter. Is Gronk up this week? Is AB up? Uh, whatever. We'll be all right. Uh, and the Saints, you know, finding they've endured a lot. They were nomads. They've had obviously the terrible storm down there. Um, that early buy, I think, served them well. Then they go out to Seattle. It's a what the hell do they call it? A typhoon? Or I don't even. Um, I can't remember the, the, the bomb the, the, something, the I bomb know. cyclone or whatever yeah. the hell it was, right? And they they just dink and dunk it and do what they have to do to win out there in Seattle. You know, Sean Payton, I uh, will throw it to the running back fifteen times this game, whatever it takes. Uh, can New Orleans give Tampa a game here? They seem challenged offensively. Uh, uh-huh. You know, I mean, if you're if you're going to try to move the ball by you know, screening, you know, even like Camara, like Seattle at halftime after he caught eight passes for 109 yards and a touchdown the first half, basically said, we're double teaming him every play. And so they took Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks and they, they, they just bracketed him. And he, he did very little in the past game in the second half. Tennessee had our Tampa has that ability with Devin white, you know, to, to play that style of game if they have to, but you know, I, I think right now that's that's the problem. I know that Tampa can move the ball. Like that offensive line is as good as there is in football. Tristan Wirfs just established himself yeah. as the premier right tackle in all of football and maybe the premier offensive lineman in the game right now. I mean, Cleo Mack didn't get near the quarterback. He, he pitched a complete shutout, didn't have a penalty, a pressure, a sack, anything. You know, and then Donovan Smith and Jensen. I mean, it's a great, great group. And Brady did whatever he wanted to do last week. So I think that's the challenge is I think New Orleans defense, you know, obviously that that matchup of Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans is real. They hate each other just the way, you know, Lattimore makes it a personal battle like he did against DK Metcalf. And outside of one play, he played really Shut him down. Yeah. He shut him down the rest of the day. So, uh, you know, that, that that's, you know, although Evans had his three touchdowns last week, they they have other options, obviously, to go to. Um, and they ran the ball really well last week. So this is really about, you know, can, can, can New Orleans defense just really contain this offense of Tampa? If they can keep the score under 24 points in this game, and they're capable of doing that, they have they have a really talented defense. Um We'll see what Brady thinks about it. But if they can keep the score under 24, New Orleans with the crowd, with just enough offense, they can make it close. And if they can get it to the fourth quarter, you know, I think then they have a chance of, of winning this game. They beat them twice in the regular season last year. They lost badly in the playoffs. Um, it, it's a different offense this year, obviously. But, you know, if Jameis can, can just take care of the football – and the defense keeps them in the game, you could get this thing to the fourth quarter, and I think the Saints would be happy if that can happen. If that doesn't happen, though, Baldy, we're, we're pretty much closing up shop in the NFC South, right? I mean, it's, yeah. Atlanta's on a nice little run here, but 
that that defense they, they've got they've still got issues there. That's a rebuilding team. Well, Carolina, I will say that. you know, Carolina's I mean, got no quarterback right now. I mean, if Tampa wins this, I, I think you're looking at them running away with this division. They are, but it, 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 the, the one thing to, to watch is just how good Kyle Pitts is. Yeah. And, yeah. like, his breakout game came against Miami last week, and, you know, he looked like Jamar Chase in that game. Right. So there was nothing he couldn't do. And, really, uh, in that game, Miami tried everything, you know, including their best corner, Xavier Howard, on him. I mean, they they couldn't stop him. So uh, Atlanta, it does have a little two-game win streak. But, no, they, they – they, they can't match up with Tampa. So I would say that this is the last chance really for anybody to try to slow Tampa down in that division. Right. right. I'm with you there. We'll finish up with a couple of primetime games. Uh, and we will start here with the Sunday night matchup, Minnesota and Dallas. Um, I mean, two offenses that when they're humming are pretty special. The Vikings, Baldy, they don't really believe in style points, right? I mean, all these games have been fairly ugly for them at one point or another. They found a way to win as many as they lose. I mean, this team could be six and zero or zero and six. I guess yeah. it's, it's it's just that they're three and three. It none of them have really been normal. The Arizona game was kooky. The Detroit game was kooky. The Bengals yeah. game week one was kooky. I yep. don't know quite what to make of them. But they come off the bye and and they, you know, Zimmer gets extra time to prepare for his old team there in Dallas. And the, the Cowboys have been one of the more balanced teams in the entire NFL. Well, they've been outstanding. Uh, you know, Dallas doesn't have a weakness on offense. We'll see. I think Dak, I think the, the bye week last, both teams are coming off a bye. But one thing about Minnesota is really for the first time all year, um, in that Carolina game, the offense was completely healthy. So they got Darisol in at left tackle and he played real well. So he's got a, he's got a, a game and a half under his belt mm-hmm. right now out there, you know, to, to deal with Randy Gregory and whatever he might see. Um, Tyler Conklin has really been a very good tight end and they've got the emergence of this KJ Osborne at receiver to balance out Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook is completely healthy. I mean, they've got, They've got an offense right now that can, I think, match Dallas's. Um, you know, as far as just moving the ball in production, sure. Kirk Cousins done a really done a fine job, including the overtime, you know, winning throw to Osborne in overtime against Carolina the last time they played. So I think Dallas is going to get Minnesota's best shot. Uh, Dallas, I think, is a better team. I think they're more explosive. Uh, but you know, if you look at Minnesota's defense. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, Jason, but they got the band all together. Right. You know, you got Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter and, you know, you, you get Sheldon Richardson. They're all back. They've all played for Mike. You get Anthony Barr and Kendricks at linebackers. You know, Hunter Smith is is still back there. Um, you know, this is a game, honestly, that Patrick Peterson, he, wanted to, he said he wanted to play. Yeah. Wanted to play for Mike Zimmer, and he's there. And so he's going to see, you know, Amari and – C.D. Lamb, he's going to see some really good receivers. Um, this is probably as big a game as Patrick Peterson has played in a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the regular season, for him, it's one of the biggest games he's ever played. So, you know, we, does it get the best out of Patrick Peterson? Um, you know, I, I think Minnesota, you know, at the bank, Sunday night, the crowd, 
um, you know, a week to prepare, extra week to prepare. I mean, this should be a, a great game on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. I kind of feel like I'm still waiting for the real Minnesota Vikings to stand up. And, and maybe they have. You know what I mean? Maybe they're just a very erratic team that is going to oscillate from week to week. And and you know are just hard to get hard to get a, a handle on even within the games themselves they look like a Jekyll and Hyde team but uh, the NFC pretty watered down I think I think the Vikings are probably a playoff team regardless and Baldy two teams that certainly appear destined for the playoffs and perhaps great things in the playoffs meet on Thursday night Packers undefeated Cardinals. Uh, Green Bay dealing with some COVID issues. Uh, it's going to be difficult for them to have Devontae Adams for this game as we're recording this podcast right now. It's still not impossible, but difficult. Uh, you know, Lazard is out as a close contact. Um, we'll see if they get uh, Valdez Scantling back from IR for this game. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I do wonder if we talked about, you know, Kamara and, and you know, 10 catches on Monday night. I do wonder if Mr. Jones is in for a heavy workload here and, and maybe Green Bay's running a lot of 12 and 13 personnel and yeah. Tanyan's a guy who's going to have to win for them in the red zone and, and a heavy dose of the ground game as well. Um, but these are two teams that have, have certainly – I mean, Green Bay's looked great for the most part since not showing up week one, and Arizona's the only team who hasn't lost yet. So what do you make of this? Well, it, it, you know, it's it's the best regular season game, you know, that we could see all year uh, to this point. And, you know, if you look at Matt LaFleur, Nathaniel Hackett, the offense coordinator in Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers, they're 31-7 over the last three years. And I remember last year, Jason, uh, we might have talked about it a year ago, but, you know, week three they went to New Orleans without Devontae Adams. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers threw it to Alan Lazard, and he threw it to Aaron Jones and Robert Tanyan. And even if you look last week, you know, in their victory, you know, in third downs, like the ball went to Lazard and it went to Robert Tanyan mm -hmm. when Devontae Adams was getting all the attention a week ago. And, you know, against Washington and Washington played decent, you know, on defense, they played about as well as they have played all year. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers was just that much better. And his, his ability um, just to create plays, to see the field, to make perfect throws, uh, to adjust his game plan to whatever they have, it's just it's just an amazing it's an amazing amalgamation um, every week because it and, and they can go two backs with Dylan yes. and with yes. Jones. I mean, they just have so much flexibility to what they can do. And as good as Devontae Adams is and Rodgers is, they seem to be able to find these other ways. To move the football and defensively, I, I think this is a this is a better defense than what we've seen over the last few years. And so, Arizona presents a lot of problems. They're the third; uh, they've run the ball the third amount, most amount of times in this league right now, uh, behind Baltimore and Cleveland. Uh, they've run the ball more than they've thrown it over the last two weeks, and they got a good one-two punch with Chase Edmonds, uh, along with uh, James Conner. They're not afraid to run it. And, you know, can you get Kyler Murray and force him into making some mistakes? You know, they got him in a safety last week and got off to kind of a slow yeah. start. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, you know, and then they, they kicked it into gear pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, this 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 should be a good showdown. I, you know, I, it doesn't look like 
Devontae can make this trip. Yeah, it'd be tough. Uh, and that's a shame because they won't be 100%. But you'll see Aaron Rodgers play at 100%. And the one thing is, you know, even Arizona's going to get Chandler Jones back and all these, you know, players, they should be fully healthy. They, they're they're a good defense. and They're, they're well coached. They do a lot. They can make things difficult for you. Uh, they've got a very good front. Uh, this should be a you know an analyst dream on Thursday night. Yeah, I am absolutely looking forward to it. Um, I think the whole football world is. Um, Baldy, what uh, what is on tap for you this weekend? I am heading to the Crescent City Ooh. for that Tampa New Orleans showdown. So uh, you know, I will get myself some gumbo. Yes, sir. I'll get to a good raw bar down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may oysters. have a beignet or two. Gotcha. And uh, it's a late game, so we got a little time to kind of enjoy New Orleans a little bit. Uh-huh. And um, maybe listen to a little jazz on Saturday night, Jason. That sounds and like a I plan. get myself tuned up and ready for a little Houdat Nation. No better place to be. I uh, You get a heck of a ball game in a, in a world-class city. I yeah. hope you enjoy that, Baldy, and I hope yeah. you guys have enjoyed listening to this latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. Again, as always, you can find me at Jason Lockenborough on Twitter. You can find Baldy at Baldy NFL on Twitter, where his breakdowns are the best in the business to have the visuals to go with our audio here. Uh, please um, rate, review, give us feedback, subscribe wherever you get your podcast goodness, iTunes, Spotify. We're on um, all all the usual channels, if you will. And we hope you guys enjoy this upcoming week of football as much as we will. And we'll chat with you again next week as we review week eight and head into week nine. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful week.